Welcome to the Insurgents Podcast with Frank Viola. And he's brought a friend. This is the podcast that supplements Frank's groundbreaking book, Insurgents, Reclaiming the Gospel of the Kingdom, which is shaking up the Christian world. You can find out details about the book at insurgents.org. Sit back, open all four ears, physical and spiritual, and join the insurgents. Here's Frank. Well, we have another parable. It's another agricultural parable. It's the parable, I'm going to guess a lot of listeners will have heard this one. It's the parable of the mustard seed. I mean, you want to use the New King James, so I'm going to go ahead and let you read uh, the text again. And okay. I guess we can jump into this next uh, next powerful parable. It is the next mention of the kingdom of God. That's why we're reading it. So this one begins in verse 30. And then he, Jesus said, to what shall we liken the kingdom of God? I love that. To what shall we liken it? Again, Jesus is not defining the kingdom. He's illustrating it. He's displaying it through images and pictures and riddles and parables. What can we liken the kingdom of God? Or with what parable shall we picture it? Yeah, that's exactly right. (laughs) It is like a mustard seed, which, when it is sown on the ground, is smaller than all the seeds on earth. But when it is sown, it grows up and becomes greater than all herbs and shoots out large branches so that the birds of the air may may nest under its shade. I think there's a parallel to this parable in Matthew 13 and in Luke 13. Yes. Brian, I'm going to hand the baton on to you. This parable is pretty easy to get. It's it's an it's an uh, a parable that gives the explanation again why is it that there's so few folks that seem to get it. And you might notice that is a persistent theme in these gospels here, because a lot of times we can feel isolated. And so this is an explanation for uh, small beginnings again. And just kind of an interesting piece, sometimes you'll get um, Bible skeptics will say, well, look, this text is saying something that isn't true. Uh, And I don't know if the listeners have ever run into this. uh, Jesus says this is the smallest of all seeds, um, and this is a this is a place that just is almost a, a, a parenthesis here in this. But uh, you know, biologically, that actually just isn't true. There actually is a plant that has a smaller seed, and some people like to say, "Wow, look at this! This means the Bible really isn't true, and you can't trust it because Jesus should have known because he was God that it really wasn't the smallest seed." But mm. l- let me just say something here to help folks. If anybody's ever runs into that objection, this is one of those places where people will try to nitpick the Bible. It's really important to remember that Jesus, in the first century, he's talking to people that knew the agriculture, and in their experience, this would have been the smallest seed. They didn't have in their to them proximity the smallest seed. Yeah, so this is just really important to say that that, that um, Jesus is a person of his time, and in the context, he was speaking uh, a truth to his hearers. And so we don't need to get sometimes people can get hung up on little things. I know when I was a young Christian. Things like that bothered me. I'm like, well, uh, but the reality is we have to understand that Jesus, to his audience, uh, this is 100% true. That, and again, that has little to do with um, the ultimate meaning of this parable, but it's important just to kind of point that out, that sometimes you'll get people objecting to Jesus as, as a teacher of truth because, well, there really is a seed that's smaller than the mustard seed. But the point is, insignificant beginnings aren't indicative of the end result. So the message of the kingdom, the greatest story ever told, the greatest message, the, ins- the start of the insurgents, all the things that uh, this whole podcast has been teaching in all its episodes, 
it starts out in a really tiny way and there can be profoundly surprising results mm. from humble beginnings and if you in a, in a way this kind of sums up Mark's gospel up to this point because think about when you're reading Mark what the kingdom has already come up against you know Mark 1 starts off repent and believe the good news um, basically from 2 1 to 3 6 if people want to go back and look at that you have all of these human obstacles to what Jesus is doing Jesus is making people mad um, he's getting called out by the religious leaders he's continually being um, questioned uh, the Pharisees are mad at him, so he has human obstacles. In a couple of places, in chapter 1 and then earlier in, in chapter 3, Jesus has to defeat demons. Mm. So the kingdom is being opposed by forces of darkness. And then the last thing is if you go to chapter 3, look at verses 20 and, and 21, you even have his family misunderstanding. Yeah. So you have all these obstacles. And so this parable is talking about insignificant beginnings, even against incredible obstacles it doesn't stop the message of the kingdom from growing into this huge bush mm. from the tiniest seed so again this is one of these parables that just wants to encourage us that there can be surprising results frank from really humble beginnings i think this is a parable about the eventual triumph yeah. of God's people in the kingdom of God. It starts out small. It starts out insignificant. I mean, at this time, Jesus had a very, very tiny band of followers. It did not look like the kingdom of God as predicted by the prophets, you know, that would storm on the earth and take over the world and Israel would be renewed and on top and not on the bottom and, and God would be running the show again. It was weak in appearance. It was insignificant in appearance. It wasn't a whole lot to look at. I mean, if we were there during this time, it would be a man who was proclaiming strange things and stories, who was making remarks that almost sounded blasphemous. Yeah. And he had this little group of fishermen, an ex-tax collector, you know, basically a bunch of knuckleheads who did not seem impressive at all. You know, these weren't the religious leaders in Jerusalem. These weren't the academicians of the time. <laughs> These were very unlearned, unimpressive people. And those were his disciples, see? And yet, he's saying even though the kingdom appears weak, insignificant, tiny, small, like this mustard seed, eventually the day will come where it will surpass in glory the mightiest kingdoms on the planet. Amen. And... This is the consequence of God's sovereign action. The mustard seed, again, is that word of the kingdom. And one day it will make all things new and break out in glory. I think it's really interesting that we have echoes of the imagery here that Jesus uses of this tree growing where other creatures find shelter under it as an image of the kingdom of God in passages like Ezekiel 17, 23, Ezekiel 31, verse 6, Daniel 4, verse 12, Daniel 4, 21. Jesus often would echo the prophets when he would give these parables. And if you were to look up those passages, you'll see the similarities 
when he gets into the large shrub, the large tree. But I find it significant that he mentions birds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and here again, to him who has ears to hear, he already mentioned the bird taking the word of the kingdom out of the soil in the parable of the sower. I personally believe that the birds here do not speak of anything positive. <laughs> they don't speak of born from above people who alone can see or enter the kingdom. But these are, T. Austin Sparks calls them the camp followers and the parasites. <laughs> the various kinds of people and things that take advantage of the Christian message and faith and use it as its cover, but are not of its nature. Sparks saw the birds as not Christian people, not followers of Jesus, but people who use the kingdom, use Christianity, the message of Jesus, the person of Jesus, for their own advantage and kind of hide under its cover, so to speak. And that rings true with me, Brian. I think that there's significance to that. The only thing I would say, and again, I always say perhaps, because obviously that's a yeah. good that's a good warning. The other possibility, and this is interesting, there's, there's a thread in biblical interpretation on this that takes it as a positive. Um, this is a little allegorical, so again, well, actually, same as the, what Sparks did, So, but there's also potentially a positive piece, because in a sense, you know, obviously the birds were the bad guys, for sure, in the sowers. Absolutely clear, they're eating the seeds. And it is interesting that... Um, it sparks out about these people kind of trying to get in, the, in on the kingdom because there's nothing necessarily negative said about the birds in this case. Instead, they're actually able to make a nest in its shade. Some interpreters have read this as a foreshadowing of the harvest in the sense that Gentiles have now come in and they're getting the message. And so the, the, the kingdom gets so big mm -hmm. that it's not just about Jews, that it could be Gentiles. Again, that's, that's just, that's yeah. an alternative and that meaning. Could be. And it could be. And so I'll, we'll just, uh, I, I, I throw that out um, for, as, as just another um, particular angle, because I'd actually never pondered, um, I had never heard the reading that, that you actually gave. Yeah. So this interpretation would then point out that even though the kingdom is going to grow and grow and grow, it is also going to invite non-kingdom people to seek to take advantage of it, a la the birds. And so the point there is that there will be mixture until the end of the age when God sets everything right. And you have this concept of mixture, Brian, in the wheat and the tares. Yeah. That's another example of the mixture that often happens with the pure kingdom message and the pure kingdom reality. However, there's another interpretation that's plausible as well. When we talk about the encouraging part of this and the idea that the kingdom is, is going to grow into this huge piece, again, this is to be of stay faithful, stay persistent. Like, I always think in our world, people can get discouraged by, say, the political events of our day. Obviously, the last couple of years have been super uh, oh. divisive, and, and, yeah. and that can cause us to lose heart. And like, oh my gosh, what, what? Um, and I think of the Lord of the Rings, uh, if you've ever watched those movies or read the books, you have at some point where all the orcs are attacking everything, and people are just losing heart. Mm. But this reminds us again, insignificant beginnings are not indicative of an abundant outcome. There was a, a book that came out, I guess it was probably close to 20 years ago now. It was called, um, and, and this isn't, I'm not necessarily recommending this as something to read, but it was an interesting book. It was by Malcolm Gladwell. It was called Tipping Point. Mm -hmm. and, and, and he talked about the power of kind of small groups or single persons 
to come up with an idea that would actually, and he, you know, he talked about clothes style or, or certain kind of, um, of commercial ventures. But you know, my takeaway when I read uh, Tipping Point was a small group of people with a sticky idea can change the world. You know, he talked about like how hipsters in New York started wearing these old shoes and then suddenly <laughs> that became a style across the whole United States. Now, why am I talking about tipping points? It's, it's, it's this, Frank. You know, one of the reasons I, you know, I really appreciate your work is you get that the kingdom is an insurgents. Yeah. And insurgents don't start with a 10 million person <laughs> army. No. They, they start with somebody with a really powerful, compelling idea. And we're talking about human stuff in mm-hmm. that case. But here's what we, what we have. This, this parable is audacious enough to basically say, look, this little itty bitty tiny mm. start in this backwater part of the Roman Empire that nobody wanted to be at, I mean, from a Roman perspective, That's right. literally mm. plants the seed that can change the entire world, and we get to be part of that. Amen. Amen. Zechariah 4.10, who has despised the day of small things? Yeah, yeah. And if you get discouraged when you look around and you see so few people following Jesus, number one, and then reduce that down even more to when you say how many are actually living in the kingdom of God, how many have embraced the gospel of the kingdom, it can get discouraging. But, you know, history repeats itself. Yeah. And the kingdom is like a mustard seed. The insurgents in Jesus' day in Galilee was small, incredibly small. And it's small today, relatively speaking. Nobody would have looked at Jesus in Galilee and said, is this possibly the kingdom of God that's going to turn into this magnanimous, colossal shrub that's going to be so large that other creatures are going to be able to take shade in it? Absolutely not. It's small, very small at the start, like a mustard seed, but then it eventually imperceptibly under the ground, subterraneally grows until it will take over the entire world, as Scripture tells us, and it becomes that royal kingdom like the prophets foretold. So I think it's an encouragement, especially in times where we can get discouraged. Despise not the day of small things. And that's what we're in right now. People have asked me, well, you know, is the insurgents going to be something like promise keepers where you're going to fill stadiums of people and have these huge, large conferences and conventions? And I've always said, I seriously doubt it. Why? Because the cost of the kingdom is pretty high, especially for us who live in the West, especially for us who live in the United States of America, which is a culture that is drenched in materialism, an obsession with politics because so many of God's people have put their hope and trust in the political system to solve the problems of the world, which as I've said over and over and over and over again, betrays one fact and that is if your hope, your passion is tied to the political system in any form whatsoever, then you are wedded to the world system because the political system is part of the world system. And the third thing is, People in our culture are highly offended over everything. And if you're going to live in the kingdom of God, Brian, you have to be non-offendable, essentially, just as Jesus was. Blessed is he who is not offended in me when things don't go their way. The word he gave to John the Baptist and his followers. So let's sum up the takeaways from these two passages. The first one about 
parable of the growing seed night and day night and day the farmer sleeps the seed sleeps and night and day as you know uh, reflects the jewish custom of reckoning the night as the beginning of the following day and uh, here we have a reminder that human freedom the measure you give to the word of the kingdom will determine the kind of soil and how the seed is going to take root in your heart. Something is happening in the present when the kingdom is proclaimed. It's a process of mysterious growth outside the curious gaze of fallen mortals, but the kingdom message is working like a seed. And eventually it's going to lead to the harvest, the very end. Resurrection for some, judgment for others. And then this other parable, why don't you conclude the takeaway? Yeah, it's the, the whole thing with the mustard seed. Again, it's an encouraging piece that don't ever lose sight of the fact that God's future is absolutely abundant and that there's enough and that insignificant starts to things are not indicative of the radical future that God has in store for those that love him. Amen. And so, as I have often said, the insurgence has begun. Yes. It's like a mustard seed, folks, but it's growing, so don't miss it. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the Insurgents Podcast and give it a five-star review on iTunes. This will help others find it. Also, you can join Frank's unfiltered email list at frankviola.org and receive encouragement, challenges, and insights connected to the gospel of the kingdom. Remember, the insurgence has begun. Don't miss it.